Well, welcome to the next episode of our Ag Plus Bio Plus Science podcast. It is presented by Agronovus Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, the host of Inside Indiana Business, also the host of this weekly podcast, where we have in-depth conversations with leaders, innovators, entrepreneurs in Indiana's ag bioscience sector. It's the sector where food, agriculture, science, and technology all converge. Today, uh, excited to sit down with Jason Mock. Jason is the CEO of Constant Canopy. And Jason, welcome to the uh, podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, I want to talk about uh, this uh, unique uh, crop production practice uh, that uh, really is what Constant Canopy is all about. But first of all, a little bit of your background. You're both a farmer and an innovator. Talk about how you got to, to where you are at Constant Canopy. Well, I, I, I consider myself a, a big plant dork. It started in the sandbox. <laughs> I would steal seeds out of the grain bin and, and utilize the cat's manure <laughs> and uh, try to grow some crops. So uh, unfortunately, I came to the farm in bad circumstances. Uh, I, I, after school, I was in sales. And I started a landscape business. And I lost my father to cancer. And I've got kind of a soft spot for the young farmer. Uh, there really wasn't much room for me. Uh, when I came out of school. So there's a little bit of regret there. So a lot of my motive is is addressing a couple issues, but really empowering the younger farmer. When you say school, it was Ball State. Ball State. You came back to the farm. Talk about, uh, you've got a large uh, hog and crop operation, but really this special interest in changing uh, traditional production practices. Talk, talk about that. Yeah, so when I came back to the farm, I was familiar with kind of the landscape. If you talk to a landscaper or, or a golf course superintendent, they're, they have to manage their property day in and day out. If they see a heat wave coming, they've got to pump the water mm-hmm. out to it. They've got to think about you know, managing a living thing. Mm-hmm. So it was very different to me going to the, f- the farm. We look more at costs, spreadsheets, mm-hmm. kind of a clean slate. You know, when is the ground going to be fit? And then what happens after that is kind of up to mother nature. I hear that all the time. So we really bicker about what rain we get or what rain we don't have. So I really wanted to address and try to figure out how we could build more resiliency to have more results that were more repetitive, look more at, at the finites. I, I talk about that quite a bit. The whole concept of constant canopy, it's a different way of production agriculture. People will look at it and they say, how does that work? How does that make sense? Well, we focus on the finites. So we look at sun capture, we look at time, uh, we look at water utilization. So when we're in this monocrop mentality, or I call it the milkman mentality, we're always going for top yields. And, and that's kind of right in the wheelhouse for the big ag mindset. So we end up spending a lot on a crop. And it's not like we don't take home a big pie. We just mm-hmm. don't get much of the piece of the pie. So I've noticed that we sell all this technology by unit price. So as we added entities and layers to this, we can, we can actually capture more light. We can capture more light more days. And that's where, uh, when I share what we're doing, is intriguing to the farmers because we're focusing on profit margins instead of just flat-out yield. Talk about specifically, because the proof is in the pudding. Last year, 2018, I think you had a record crop for soybeans in Indiana, right? Yeah, we had 108 bushel soybeans, and that was after we took out 32 bushels of wheat. And I talked a little bit that on your show. So we're growing wheat at a net negative cost. We have a copious amount of manure, and it takes a pretty good penny to custom drag line apply that manure so we're putting the manure in a place and we're allowing the manure to genetically express and i learned that from the uh, landscape 
industry, the dogs used to take a dump and the grass was tall there. So I figured we can really scale this idea. So we just started laying a manure with wheat and letting it grow out like a big Mufasa lion, if you will. And it would consume water in place. And I call it living pattern tile. So we're consuming the water and we're placing the soybeans in a place where it can grow in the roots and be kind of a Mike Allstat fullback for the running back. And it will follow those roots and, they, and through time, we kind of get into the, I can get all math dorky on you, yeah. but it's, it's all about compound interest is mm-hmm. how we get there. What's the impact that Constant Canopy is having on production agriculture? Do you, do you see it making a difference? I put a lot of content online and I just want to share with people the way that I think. And I think industry is selling time, whether it's Uber. When you think about Uber, it's not about replacing the car. It's about getting dropped off at the door. It's about replacing a fuel, about replacing insurance. It's about being safer if you're maybe a little bit had too much fun that night. And there's a lot of value in that service. If you look at Alexa, we're getting so lazy that we don't want to Google and call and and wait on somebody. We can say, Alexa, give me Pizza King. That's seven seconds instead of probably a minute 47. In relay cropping, we can can let crops grow while other crops are growing and really capture their genetic expression and use less seeds and just utilize time and think about things ahead. And basically we're setting up dominoes in place and just pushing them instead of trying to overpower everything. Have you been able to collaborate with any other ag bioscience startups or institutions? Yeah, uh, just from my you know exposure on social media, I've met a lot of local farmers, and and I, I reached out to Zach at Rabbit Tractor uh, about three or four months ago, and we had a great phone conversation. I bet we were on the phone for two hours, and uh, kind of developed an idea. Uh, I think he's going to be able to go off in this so many directions. Uh, the thing we're really excited about, and it goes back to the young farmer, we're in such a capital-intensive industry, and young farmers think that they have to have millions of dollars to get started. So you think of something like Rabbit Tractor, you, you have a unit that costs maybe $10,000. So we can kind of come up with these agronomic algorithms where we can plug in these software, and the big kicker is it's so small with intercropping, we always have a crop growing in the field. So instead of utilizing RTK technology, which is what's really expensive about these tractors, you might have a $10,000 unit to uh, talk to a satellite. We can just put whiskers on it to feel the other crop and keep everything local. So it can drive itself with simple technology that costs maybe less than $100. So you could go buy a smartphone at Walmart for next to nothing. We can overlay that with cellular technology. And when we start putting all these planters that are ability to plant multiple crops in one pass with less cost, the young farmer can really exploit this technology and start farming less acres with a lot less cost. And it kind of just throws the whole industry into a tailspin. Do you see it as a, as a way, maybe that there's technology and innovation as a way, there's so much conversation about young people not getting into farming, that this may be an avenue for that young farmer to, to uh, get into farming. Exactly. And it's not just about economics, it's about excitement. When we're in this corn, beans, wheat mentality, we think a lot of it isn't into our control. So when we start kind of taking on mother nature somewhat and saying okay this system kind of hedges your risk here and we're doing all these different things that really have not been done before 
it, it's a great way to get excitement into maybe a kind of a bland mm-hmm. industry. You certainly have leveraged social media channels in a, in a great way. Do a phenomenal job. Twitter, telling the company's story and really the importance of innovation in the ag biosciences. Are there ways that the state and maybe Agrinovas can further amplify that messaging to tell the ag bioscience story to a much broader audience? My advice is always get out of your comfort zone. And it, it just seems that corporate America or anything that feels kind of corporate, automatically people, you know, they hold on to their onion layers, if you will. And you can't really penetrate those layers unless you're really authentic. I know that word is overdrawn, but what I've been able to do with my social media is say what's on my mind every day, go to the field, show them what's happening. It's not some polished, glossy brochure, or Mm -hmm. I don't have, I'm not being consulted on saying the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. I just wing it. I think that we really need to adapt to the new platform of how we're getting our word out to kind of unbuckle your belt a few notches and kind of get a little more comfortable. As you look at 21st century agriculture in Indiana, are there reasons to be excited or what what do you see as promising about 21st century ag in Indiana? What I'm really focusing on is our distribution. We've really manifested into where we have terrible distribution. We've, you know, we can blame uh, the subsidized environment, but we're growing way too much of one crop. Our livestock are concentrated, so we're not sharing the nutrients. If we can figure out ways to do things a lot more efficiently and plug that back in and and disrupt what we're doing, we can go off in tons of directions. So I'm really excited. What's next? We're working on working with farmers. We have a lot Mm -hmm. of prevent plant acres in the state. It was just too wet to plant. So we have a clean slate or a weedy slate, if you will. And we want to come and consult these farmers and show them this system. So we're working with manufacturers of Mm -hmm. equipment and we want to demonstrate the profitability of this. We're working on a project that will be able to capture carbon through the rear side of animals and share that (laughs) at scale. Several things that I think will be really instrumental in lowering our needs for the inputs that really drive ag supply. Constant Canopy is another great example of innovation in agriculture and the ag biosciences in Indiana. Jason Mock is the CEO of Constant Canopy. And Jason, thanks for your insights into the ag biosciences. And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. The Ag Plus Bio Plus Science podcast is a weekly production partnership between Agrinobis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. And before we leave you this week, uh, a reminder, Agrinovis Indiana has announced the date for its 2019 Ag Bioscience Innovation Summit. That date is November 20. And this year, I'll be joining as a featured speaker. Certainly looking forward to that. Going to be a great event. To learn more about the November 20th Ag Bioscience Innovation Summit, just visit agrinovisindiana.com backslash summit. Thanks for joining us this week. I'm Gary Dick. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick, produced by Libby Fritz and Joe Ullery, and was recorded on location at Launch Fishers. More people get Indiana Business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.